big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello, and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. I'm Lael Stone. And I'm Marion Rose. And today we are going to be talking about kids and sexuality. And this is one of my favourite topics. <laughs> a lot of the work I do in the world is around um, talking to children about sex, you know, um, work as a sex educator for teenagers. So I am very passionate about this topic. And we decided to do a podcast on this because we had some inquiries from people saying, how do we deal with this in an aware parenting way? And, you know, can you talk more about it? with children and their bodies. So today we're going to explore quite a few different things around perhaps what we could be talking to our children about so that we can empower them with the knowledge of how their bodies work and and open up conversations so they feel really comfortable as they grow up talking to us about sex and sexuality. And we're also going to talk about some repression mechanisms that can happen with little ones and their bodies and just, I guess, also our story that we bring around sexuality with our kids because it can be a really big sweet spot for a lot of people yes so i probably won't be doing so much talking today because allow this really is such your area of expertise and you're so amazing at it so i will be adding in a couple of little sentences here or there but i really want to acknowledge you and the the amazingness of your work around this and um yeah so glad that we're going to be talking about this i think it's such such an important subject for parents isn't it yes it it really is and look I, I mean I usually like to start with um you know people often worry about you know this whole conversation around talking to their kids about sex and I firstly like to remind everybody that sex when we think about sex we think of, of really the act of penetration but sex and sexuality encompasses so much it is about our relationship to our body it's about touch it's about intimacy it's about relationships it's about body image it's about negotiation it's about consent it's about so many different aspects it's not really just about this act of sex and and why i believe and a lot of educators i think um speak to the same thing which is that this is a conversation we need to start when our kids are little and it's an ongoing conversation so it's not just one talk or one awkward talk that you have with your kid when they're 12 uh it is many many conversations that we have over their lifetime which has many reasons why we do that i mean one is just to normalize the topic because we are sexual beings um, most of us are and when we don't talk about sex it often creates a story of shame around it just by the absence of not talking about it in the home can often create um, a sense that there's something to be ashamed about something that we need to hide all those kind of things and i'm sure a lot of people felt like that growing up because of not having these conversations with their parents so i think on one level what we're wanting to do is firstly you know normalize the conversations age appropriately which i'll talk a bit more about today but also to empower our beautiful children to help them understand how their bodies work how amazing they are how wonderful it is when they get to those teenage years or early adulthood when they explore what that feels like in them you know i'm really passionate particularly about teaching what i call pleasure-based sex education which is really about helping young people understand 
why it's meant to feel good, how it can feel good, how our bodies work so that they can have good, healthy sexual relationships. So, you know, those two reasons are big reasons, you know, to normalize it, to empower our young people. And another reason actually is for safety. And by safety, we mean um, understanding for little people how to keep themselves safe that, you know, unfortunately there is a lot of stuff that happens out there um, to little young people around their bodies and sexuality. So giving our children tools to be able to know what is okay and what is not okay. And then also, you know, that safety element develops as they move into the teenagers as well around consent and negotiation and, and being able to make sure that they know how to navigate when they are in situations that feel really tricky. So, so for me, they're the kind of three main reasons I talk about of why these conversations are really, really important with our children. Mm. Why we need to start them hopefully when we're young so we get lots of practice doing it so by the time that you are um you have teenagers you're like just sitting around the dinner table talking about things like this and you're like oh yeah it's just not yes it's open yes yeah Yeah. and I love it from within an aware parenting context as well because you know it's it's really so in alignment with aware parenting isn't it that really having the conversations having that um, quality of respect for our children and listening to their yeses and nos and their and their feelings and all these so all the other things that we talk about in these podcasts are also you know part of the context of this so that that um, talking around about sexuality and sex with our children this is it's in a in this bigger wider context as well of aware parenting which mm. you know there's so many wonderful things about that you know for example that it is a, a form of attachment parenting so it is a lot about closeness and intimacy so you know that those are the kinds of things that that children are being used to and you know so it becomes part of that bigger picture doesn't it hundred percent I mean that's one of the things I like to often start with saying to parents is that our imprint, um, what we're imprinting with children around sexuality is really pretty important and that's something I think that we often forget. So yes. for children, their understanding around sexuality or sex or relationships is already set usually just from the moment they're born and they watch us. So yes. they watch how we are in relationship, they watch how we talk about our own bodies, how we take care of ourselves, how yes. tender we can be with other people, how tender we are with them, you yes. know, this, this beautiful element that you're talking about of of touch and you know i am a big fan of modeling hopefully what we want our children to see or become you know in relationship and that's why i'm really mindful of the way i talk to my husband and yes. and how playful we are together yes. you know, how <laughs> sometimes and that they see that like my kids will often see us slow dancing in the kitchen <laughs> like you know it's so gone. lovely <laughs> look at this and go oh and we go oh trust me you can love it and you used to come <laughs> my mum and dad used to slow dance to Vince Jones in the kitchen um you know because that makes us happy and also you know I think that we're really aware of modeling you know what that could look like and again I say to people that's not just if you're in a relationship it's how we are with our friends yes how we are with our, our own bodies you know all those kind of things so exactly we're absolutely imprinting our children around that you know even without being aware of it and the thing about touch is too is that we also set up a child's awareness around what can feel good and what doesn't feel good and so when we can touch our children 
with awareness and gentleness and, you know, and even just doesn't that feel beautiful? Like, you know, whether you're stroking their back or tickling or not tickling, we don't do tickling, but, you know, like gently <laughs> rubbing their belly or something like yes. that. And even saying that feels so yummy, you know, that's so lovely. And I'll, I'll be really yes. pleased with non-sexual touch. This is about yes. just beautiful, gentle touch. Then what we again doing is helping a child realize that feels good to me. Yes. And as we keep reiterating that as they grow up, you know, again, they're going to not settle for touch or intimacy that doesn't feel good because they have a benchmark of that feels good for me. Yes. So even can be, can't it? And I'm very aware that with my children, are both teens is if I'm going in to touch them, I'm, I will, you know, I will be aware and present and really put, and I've always aimed to do that with my children's right from when they were babies is to be really present so I've got my full presence in my hand if I'm putting a hand on the the small of their back and you know how that can feel as an adult if someone's just really present and puts their hand there and and you know even going back to when they're babies is if you if they wear nappies and you're changing their nappies it's like really the, actually touching their bodies with with awareness rather than more like a you know, without, without even really thinking and maybe thinking of something else. And of course that's going to happen at times because yeah. there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the early years, but just being aware that all of those ways that that attuned touch and how we respond to them and, um, you know, feeding and all of those things that all of that is actually part of this, isn't it? It's part of that bigger picture around touch and presence and gentleness and awareness so that that's their, you know, as you were saying, you know, that becomes their benchmark and they expect to be, to have that quality of touch. So when they do move into, um, into actually having more sexual relationships, that that's what they expect. And, you know, it's like, if you, have you ever had that, Lael, if you go to, if you go and have a massage and the person's there and they're like, they're so not present and they're like, it's just not, you know, once you, once you're used to that quality of presence in touch, it's anything else just feels really unenjoyable. It's such a clear, oh, nope, but this is, this is a no. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And I, I love all of that because we are their teachers without doubt. And we are setting up a foundation of yes. how they're going to feel about themselves and also, you know, what, what feels good for them. Yes. It's, it's so, yeah, it's really, really important. Yes. Another aspect of that is, um, I like to, you know, bring up with parents, you know, what, when we're talking about sexuality or with our kids, that's kind of stuff, what was that like for you as a child? Like what did your sex education consist of? You know, yes. was it <laughs> across a magazine in a cupboard somewhere? Was it, um, I, I often joke in my workshops, for me, it was the book called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. <laughs> it's oh, really? It's about a novel about this girl who gets her period for the first time and so I yes. was devouring that. And then the magazine here in Australia, we used to have this magazine called Dolly Magazine and every so often it would have a sealed section and we used to oh. tell our friends to buy it and you'd open the sealed section Really? all these answers about sex and stuff. And that, wow. that was kind of how yeah. we figured it out. And yes. then and it definitely was not comprehensive. <laughs> definitely. And I often say to people in my class, you know, they have a chat about what their sex education was. And I say, okay, I would love you to raise your hand if you received a fully comprehensive, <laughs> um, really open, aware, you know, induction into what sex and sexuality is about that equipped you to be a teenager and navigate yes. with awareness. And, of course, no one puts their hand up and I go, yeah, we, we none of us really got it, you know. Right. Um, that's why often it can be very challenging to have these conversations. It can be challenging to even think about. And I guess that's why I really encourage people to be courageous, to 
practice having these conversations to take little steps into it so we can create a different paradigm for our children so that we don't have shame around sexuality so that we have that awareness around it and and again my goal is so that we raise teenagers and early adults who have really wonderful boundaries understand consent and can go and have really pleasurable sex yes yes yes. that's what we want it's the no and the yes isn't it you know i'm passionate about talking about no's and yeses that they really know when it's a no and they really know when it's a yes and how wonderful is that and the no the the safety of the no actually also is helps create the safety of the yes isn't it and you know when when you talk about that when you say your passion is you know pleasure-based um sex education i'm like you know for teenagers it's just you know and i remember what i learned at school (laughs) pleasure was that that was not (laughs) it was bananas and condoms pregnant and don't get an sti exactly that was oh yeah and and then one of the big things and i'm really passionate about talking to teenagers about this is that the labels we put on particularly for girls around sex you know that's if you look like you want you're enjoying it or you want to be with a few people then your label is a slut and for boys there isn't usually those labels they're usually applauded for that yeah i talk to teenagers about it they, you know, the females are often really quite outraged which they should be because i say it hasn't changed in all this time yeah so you either are in this place where you do nothing and then you're labeled for that or if you do something then you're labeled for that and again, the message it sends to our young people, uh, particularly girls, is that you, you, your pleasure isn't yours to have. And if you do, then you're going to be labelled with it. And I'm really big on talking to to all the kids about how can we change that, especially yes. to the boys. Okay, so yes. how can we change that paradigm? What do you think they could do? Do they have as much right to have pleasure as what you do? And they're like, yeah. And I go, all right, so let's be mindful of the words we use let's call each other out when we're saying those things to go actually why they they have the right to have pleasure as well you know why should this be us and i mean it's for me you know often we talk about we do work or we do our own healing journey you know i know this part of me working with sexuality was was very much to heal all that angst i had as a teenager and this is all the information i wish i had been told you know i just I was like, I wish someone who could have sat me down as an adult and gone, okay, this is how it all works. This is what's possible. This is what's possible. This is where it is. There is no normal. There is, you know, when it comes to sexuality, it is unique as your fingerprint. And it comes back to listening to your body, connecting to that. Like they are all the things I wish someone had told me. And stuff I didn't really end up figuring out until I was in my late 20s. So I was like, you know, <laughs> there was a whole yep. lot of, you know, not so great interactions between them. <laughs> I gave myself a lot of, you know, uncomfortable situations. But anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for all that, you know, the call that you had so that you do what you do now. I mean, even just to hear that conversation you're having with the boys as well to actually include them and to say, you know, to call each other out and and how is this and what do you think about this? I really am so incredibly touched and so grateful you're doing what you're doing in the world. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Well I think it found me. It was one of those things where it was like, you need to talk about this because um other people aren't, you know, and I mean came across doing this because I, as a birth educator, I went to my son's high school years ago and they said yes. teach a class on birth and I did. Yeah. Showed them these great, wonderful births. You know, the kids were all clapping. They thought it was brilliant. Wow. And then I left the classroom saying to the teacher, are you talking to these kids about pornography? And he's like, oh, no. And I said, are you teaching them about consent? And he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, my God, someone needs to be. And I was like, can I come back and do that? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> doing all this stuff and I was like, okay. 
because I just wanted it to be a different paradigm, not only for my own children, but for a whole lot of kids that are out there. Yes. And, um, you know, creating some different storylines that they can, you know, hold on to. So, so important, isn't it? It is. Mm. I had another thing about pleasure just jumped into my mind as well, of course, from an aware parenting perspective that we're aiming to listen to our children's feelings and, the more their feelings are listened to, the more those feelings get to be expressed, they get to leave their bodies and the less feelings they're holding in their bodies. And you know, when we're holding in feelings, as we probably all know as adults, that the more we're holding in, the more we need to either tense up to repress or to, uh, or to dissociate, the less we have that capacity to feel pleasure in our bodies and to know what feels right for us so again you know it's another bigger picture piece isn't it for aware parenting that that yes it may seem hard to listen to the tantrums and the big tears around nothing that appear to be about nothing to us they seem you know it's the dropped ice cream and they have a a 40 minute cry but those are big feelings and they're real feelings and the more they get to leave express those those feelings leave their bodies and then they're not holding that tension that's that's less tension they're holding more capacity for aliveness for presence for feeling pleasure in in all ways you know just whether it's you know running along a beach and feeling the sand in between our toes so again Mm. the beauty of listening to those feelings and how that actually creates us to to you know it's another part of of the releasing piece isn't it when we're talking about sexuality and release there that happens later on in life that uh, that that releasing comes early on through crying through raging through tantrums and and how important that those releases are in terms of feeling more free and relaxed and present in our bodies and i mean that's a beautiful segue to you know some of the questions we get asked around (laughs) masturbation so little little people people. (laughs) cute children um children touching themselves which is let me just reassure everyone is a hundred percent normal it is really normal for a child to masturbate usually under about the age of five or six they'll do it quite openly and then you know they might you know be aware that maybe that's not okay to do it so much in public then they'll they'll find a private space to do it but it is very 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 normal um because it feels good and we'll go into when i guess we're looking at where it's concerning but for parents to reassure them you know when a child is touching themselves you can actually set some boundaries around that by just saying oh it's wonderful to touch yourself but that is something that you might need to do in your bedroom or that's something that we do more in private so you can set some boundaries around that for them you know you know and just make sure you wash your hands or those kind of things so talking about it just pretty normally you know doesn't create a shame story about it and also just knowing that you can have some boundaries around it so yes. it's not that we do yep. around shopping center um but if it feels really good you can absolutely you can go and do it in your room and and you know i think we want to continue those conversations too so when kids are little it's just seen as yep that's just something you do as they move maybe into that six to nine year old age group you could bring it up again is yeah it feels wonderful to touch your body and it's really good to know what feels nice for you and then really when we look at maybe 10 to 12 in that kind of pre-teen years in the tween years um you'd bring it up again which they usually would they usually like go don't talk about that mom but again it's just reframing really really normal to touch yourself it's a great thing and that's where you might even introduce what orgasms are like or what that is about those kind of things so again having just normal conversations about but you can set some boundaries up around, you know, yes. it's just something that we do in private and it's something that's just for you. And and we'll talk a minute in about um, 
about setting up some safety elements within it, but also, um, you know, what we do see with kids, and I have had quite a few inquiries around this, of when children are masturbating excessively. Yes. Can I actually pause you before you move on to that one? Because yeah. I have, a, when parents come, is often that real concern in them of like, I really want to say it. They, you know, they're saying, I really want to say it in a way that there's no shaming. Do you have a, any suggestions in terms of, you know, maybe things that they might do beforehand or, you know, things that they might like to do in terms of a little bit of inner work or something, mm-hmm. talk to a friend to help them so that when they actually speak these things, it comes out in these really clear ways. So there's, you know, yeah. so much, ex- the, the real acceptance. Again, it's really aware of parenting, isn't it? Because it's love and compassion and connection and that clear loving limit, which mm-hmm. is not a harsh limit. It's not a shaming limit. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple, this is, this is where it's a yes. And th- these are the places where it's more of a no. So okay. is there anything else, a bit more detail around that that you, yeah, well, that you offer parents? Absolutely tune into what, if you are looking at your three-year-old child doing it or your five-year-old child, if you could maybe take yourself back into do I have any sense memory of what that was like for me when I was younger or what was my imprint around sexuality so if if you can remember being told off for doing that you know there is going to be an element perhaps within that that feels like it's not okay so like we talk about in many of the things that pop up in parenting to go back in and just really do a little bit of journeying to see what, what what's my edge within this where does it feel a little bit uncomfortable what am I afraid of what is coming up here to and as you say so beautifully Marion to look at where it sits for you first and do some healing or listening around that so that you can come back to your children feeling really open to just have this conversation because then it brings in just an element of you know just of clarity and truth and it doesn't feel uncomfortable with it and look you know for me I because I do this job and talk about sex I had I have had to do a lot of work around this. I had to really, because when I stand up in front of a group of 16-year-olds, right, they are going to see right through any crap <laughs> yes. I've ever done. I think what I had to do is really look at all the elements of my edges around shame or that's not okay or that feels embarrassing or that kind of stuff to really work it so that I could stand yes. in front of them. Say, yes. nothing's off the table here. We can talk about wow. anything, right? Yeah. I'm open to talk about anything. And they feel that and then they go, okay, great. And then that's where yes. the information lands because it's not sitting there. Yeah. But that's taken me quite a bit of time. Yes. <laughs> I had a lot of baggage to work through, <laughs> heaps of baggage to work through, you know, to then come to a place where I felt really open and comfortable to just talk about it. And yeah. and you're exactly so spot on, Marion. When we can be in that, then it lands with our children in a different way. It's so yes. that beautiful boundary that is just so anchored and it just you know it it lands with kids without those edges sometimes in it yeah I'd love to hear a little bit more in terms of the loving limit and the specificness and I'm also wondering whether this is an opportunity because I also I'm sure you do too you have lots of parents coming well not lots but quite a few who've perhaps there has been some exploration between friends Mm -hmm. and then and then the parents can often Mm -hmm. have lots of big feelings around that so I wonder in terms of when you're setting those clear limits around what you what you're suggesting that there that is a really enjoyable thing to do and where it isn't enjoyable do you do are you happy to share more about that in terms of yeah, what you tell absolutely. them in terms yes. of playing with other kids? And yes, yes. I'd love yes. to hear your yes. way, the way you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we talk about, I mean, I guess some of the things I talk about to be really clear with young people or what we'd be talking about for kind of the kind of one to five-year-old age group is really talking around um, 
mainly five key points around safety. And so um, we talk about that nobody is allowed to touch your, and we call them private parts. So it depends on what you want to call them. One um, aspect is we say nobody's allowed to touch your private parts. You're not allowed to touch anyone else's private parts. No one is allowed to take a photo, ask to take a photo of you, your private parts, and no one's um, allowed to ask you to look at their private parts as well. And because we talk about that this is something that's I often say sacred just for us yes. and that you know is something that's just for you so we just set up that nobody's allowed to do that um, we also set up around um, saying really calling our anatomy by the correct names and so that you can have nicknames for your anatomy but actually making sure that children know the correct biological names for it penis vulva vagina anus um, you know testicles those kind of things and again that is uh, and, and it feels uncomfortable for a lot of people hearing about this, but it's a safety issue so that if somebody was touching a child and then a child tried to disclose that, if the yeah. child comes and says, you know, someone was touching my cookie, then often people aren't going to take that seriously. And if that's yes. anything for a penis, you know, so we want children to know that that is actually theirs and that is um, sacred to them and nobody's allowed to touch that. Yeah. Um, we also talk about being able to say no and having big no's as well. Yes. So that is really around, you know, if somebody is asking you to touch them or touching you, then we say no, you know, that that is just for me. So And giving kids the opportunity through play is beautiful yes. to have different types of no. And you can do that even by I'm going to touch your leg and they go no and you go, <laughs> oh, that was an excellent no, you know. And so that's where, again, we often bring in that element of permission to ask to touch their bodies. I'm going to, I'm going to change your nappy now, darling, or um, I'm going to help you put your jumper on now. So just sometimes it's asking permission. Sometimes it's actually just letting them know what we're going to do. Yes. Um, within that also too, we, we don't encourage that um, kids should have to kiss and hug hello people, uh, say to hello to people and goodbye. So again, yeah. give choice over I can actually um, choose who I'm going to interact with intimately which is another powerful thing yes. so always reinstating to them you have a say over who you can touch or or how that feels for you yeah. um, and we also talk about a really beautiful thing we talk about sometimes is what we call early morning signs with kids which is just talking to them about again this connection with their bodies of when something feels doesn't feel right in their belly so it might be like saying you know you're walking down the street and there's a big dog and the dog barks and you feel what we call an early warning sign which is that you feel a little bit scared in your belly and that's your body saying oh i'm feeling a bit scared you know there's some danger yeah. we could have an early warning sign when we're going to go on a roller coaster or on a ride and it's kind of more about excitement and that feels really um that's an early warning sign that i feel excited but it's it's a good feeling yes. and then you could say or if you're in a situation that doesn't feel safe and um that's an early warning sign and if ever you have an early warning sign then you need to find someone that you trust so we sometimes talk about what we call a safety network which is a few different people um someone also outside your family that you could go to and say i'm feeling unsafe or I have an early morning sign or something like that that just says something doesn't feel good for me here yeah. um, 
And so then the child knows there's someone always safe to go to if something's going on. Um, and then one of the other things we talk about is what we call good secrets or bad secrets. And oh, yes. we say not so much about secrets, but trying to call them good surprises. Yes. Sometimes, again, when there is um, some unnice stuff going on with children, it usually is it's, a, it's our little secret and we don't tell yeah. anyone. Yeah. Uh, but we want children to know that, you know, if anybody ever asked you to keep a secret in that way, that that is often not okay and I want you to come and tell me. You know, so th- there's some of the safety yeah. mechanisms we talk about with children. Um, and also, again, we, we talk about public versus private, reinstating again that what is our private parts. And usually that's anything under a bathing suit and the mouth is also included in that, that people aren't allowed to touch um, those parts of our bodies without our permission, you know, or um, meaning more so, you know, that if someone is asking to touch that, we need to make sure that this is okay. And that's, it's very normal for little kids to explore and want to explore each other's bodies. And often it is yeah. quite innocent, yes. but it's also a wonderful opportunity to, you know, to make sure that we all know our boundaries of what is okay within that. And, you know, one of the big things, and I think this is where we see it be really alarming these days, is because pornography, unfortunately, has become our biggest sex educator. And unfortunately, a lot of children are exposed to pornography. So the average age of exposure is 10 these days. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. And often kids who are younger than that are being exposed to it. And particularly I've heard of many, many cases where children under the age of six have seen pornography, not because they're looking for it, but it's popped up on something wow. they're watching. Yeah. And then obviously they can't make sense of it, so they start acting it out. So we're seeing a lot of child-on-child sexual abuse these days more yeah. than ever, and that's often because children are trying to process it. So yeah. all of that I know feels very heavy and feels very alarming. And I don't like to go into the alarming part. I like to go in how to empower our children to feel safe, be safe in their bodies. And these are conversations you can start when your kids are little and you continue to have them all the way up into those teenage years so that they really know about consent, they know what is okay and what's not okay. And it's and it is a conversation you have to revisit quite a few times. And yes. one of the best things I say to parents who feel uncomfortable having any of these conversations is to get yourself some books. And we're going to put a link in this podcast to one of my favorite resources, which is called sexedrescue.com um, <laughs> website. And um, she has the biggest selection of books that are out there on all things um on bodies, puberty, sexuality, all that kind of stuff. She's got wonderful resources that you can read all the reviews on the books and then buy buy some books for your kids that you can read together and they're a wonderful way to guide you as a parent so um, that the books kind of do the work for you if you're unsure about where to start. And, you know, um, you know, I often hear so often kids like they're my favourite books to read because, you know, they love reading all about bodies. And this is also things under the age of five, it's it's about how do babies, you know, get in bellies and how do babies come out. All that stuff is so fascinating and so yes. amazing. Yes. And, and, again, people can feel very worried about, I'm talking about sex, but really until kids hit puberty, most of it is just biology. It's just yeah. all about, it's like we eat food and we digest it and then we pull it out. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. There's a sperm and an egg and this happens and kids are like, oh, yeah, okay. That's that's pretty normal. So if we can open up those conversations from a younger age, then um, we're more likely to continue these conversations on, particularly then into the tween and teen years, as just a normal thing. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And again, I really want to 
talk just mention again the the bigger picture of aware parenting that this is the, the wonderful thing if if we're parenting in terms of respect and not using punishments and and you know aiming to treat our children in respectful ways and having conversations about things that 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 also creates that safe environment doesn't it it's part of it's yeah. part of this so yes. yeah absolutely and you know we talk about in sexuality stuff we look at we talk about teachable moments so seeing opportunities to bring up these topics whether it's you that whether it's you're pregnant or you see a pregnant belly or something has come up on television that you're watching to just open up conversations to normalize it and if your children do come to you and say you know what does this mean or what is that is always to go oh excellent question thank you for asking me and if you don't know how to respond to it just say I'm going to have a good think about that and come back to you. And that will give you a few minutes to go to Google. <laughs> or, or go, how do I respond to this? Or go to Kath's website. Six yes. There's some really wonderful resources there on how to have these conversations. Yeah. Um, or you can ring a friend and go, oh, my gosh, my five-year-old just asked me this and I'm feeling really embarrassed about it and work through your own stuff first. So yes. then you can go back and answer them with it. So, you know, kids are naturally curious. It's it's really normal to be really curious about it. And, you know, I'm a big fan of welcoming those questions and, and really bringing just awareness to this topic just to normalise it, so normalise it, so that, that they just know this is a normal part of being, you know, human. Yes. Do, do you remember that research? Was it James Prescott a long time ago? Do you remember that? Mm. Long, long, long time ago. I just remember, and I, I don't remember, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember it in detail, but really that the, he looked at cultures, lots of different cultures, and the cultures where there was a lot of closeness in infancy, babyhood, early childhood, so a lot of closeness and carrying and those kinds of things. And then um, in the teenage years, a lot, a lot of um, just openness around sexuality so that you know that the way you're talking about it is that being comfortable to talk about it and it not being this thing that has become in our culture that those were the cultures that had the least the lowest levels of violence in the world mm-hmm. that would make a lot of it would make a lot of sense to me for sure yeah. that that's what happens and i think to um you know what i found particularly with the teenagers is that when we can have these conversations and we feel comfortable about it they are far more likely i mean this is actually what all the research says is that when we have ongoing conversations with our children about sex and sexuality they are more likely to delay their first sexual experience they are more likely to use contraception and it is more likely to be a positive experience so all the data oh sorry all the research they've done around sexuality and, and and speaking to your kids from a young age that all the results come up in the same way yeah you know it actually creates a positive imprint for our children and then they are more discerning when they move into that phase and they have more awareness around it you know and i think that's a really good sign too and that makes a lot of sense to me there's a lot of um violence in sex there's a lot of repression a lot of stuff that goes on that can be really really challenging to navigate you know as, as we get older so I feel like it's a really important part of raising our kids with as much consciousness and awareness as possible. I mean, also within that, I know for a lot of people, there is a lot of big, heavy stories around their own sexual history and journey. And I really invite people to, if if you're brave enough and you can find the right support to really explore what that is for you. So we're not passing that on to our children as well. You know, often we can do that very unconsciously, just pass that shame on all those stories around it because we you know of our own stories so 
I really encourage people to, you know, get some listening time around it or get some professional help on what their imprints were, what happened for them so that their children can have a different story. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go back a little bit with yes, the masturbation yes, before yes. about the repression mechanism because that's yes. often something that parents do check in about. Yes, saying, yes. My child does it all the time when they're watching TV, they kind of zone out, they're trying yes. to find spaces to go and do it. Um, and and I think the thing is, you know, when people say what is normal and what's not, and touch is really normal for little people to touch their genitals. But when we are seeing like a, a deep, incessant need to do it, when there's a franticness about it, when you're seeing massive zone outs, you know, that disconnection element of it can be a repression mechanism for sure. Yes, yeah. And so really remembering those of you maybe not so familiar with that term, we did do a podcast on repression mechanisms if you want to look at them because it's really from an aware parenting perspective, almost anything can become a repression mechanism from you know, so many other things you might see in children, nose picking, thumb sucking, hair twirling, but masturbation is absolutely one of those. So again, to see this isn't something that's in a way that is different than any of those things, apart from that in a way that it's because it's, you know, the the sensations are even more strong, you know, and, you know, there's more, <laughs> the bigger sensations that it becomes, it can become an even more powerful repression mechanism. Mm. And and it, and again, that's one that can feel very um, challenging to the parents yes, to watch because yes, because you know yes. again it's seen as something that's not okay really in our culture. So, and you know I find that if a child is using that as a repression mechanism, is I will say to parents, you know, when you're seeing them do that, then start with offering some connection. So yes. going over and looking in their eye and yes. connecting in whatever way that is, of whether to play something or just to be a bit playful with them, you know, to to see what's going on, you know, and of course, on the other hand, we also talk about setting some loving limits if it's needed to allow some feelings to come out. So working, you know, on one level, which is about when you are seeing it happening to be present with them and to really see how we can engage and connect. And then on another level is just seeing if there is a whole lot of feelings that are stored in there that haven't had the opportunity to come out. Yes, I love that is really remembering that the antidote to repression is connection. Mm. So I think parents can often go, off and say, well, what do I need to do? But actually remembering connection. And of course, in order for them to feel connected, we're going to need to feel connected with ourselves and connected mm. with them, which again brings back what you're talking about, the importance of doing our own work. Because if we've got some big feelings, it's going to be hard for us to stay present enough to actually mm. move in and, and connect. So that can be a really mm. helpful time to get some support and some listening Mm. so that we can move in Mm. with connection Mm. i also want to mention too something i didn't mention but you know part of so many brilliant conversations you can have in with young people around just setting up you know normal elements around sexuality is is talking about gender is talking about the way different families are made and kids are usually quite fascinated about that and so deeply accepting i find that you know especially in high schools when we talk about gender and gender identity and sexual orientation and all these amazing things that we are talking about these days they are so accepting of it it's often the adults that have a lot of the issues and baggage around it but i find when i talk to teenagers about it they're just like well they're just normal it's just just human and we talk about all the different variations of what sexuality can look like and i find that they are so much more accepting of it it's just often our society that's still a bit slow to catch up on that as well so you know i 
teaching our children about acceptance, you know, that, that love looks like so many different things and that people feel different ways about their bodies and how they identify and all that kind of beautiful stuff can be beautiful to just, you know, to open up conversations around. And, again, there's some magnificent books around on those topics as well. So, you know, if, you were, if you're wondering about how you do have those conversations, there's some great ones you can access and go to Kath's website and you'll find them. Yeah. Mm. Great, I love it. So, yeah, anything else in terms of that? If uh, so, I'm, I'm thinking as well. If you're wondering, if you maybe of parents listening and they're not sure whether whether the the child's masturbation is a repression mechanism or not, to um, some of the ways that we can tell the difference. So, some of the ways might be if if you're noticing that they're doing it when they there's something happened that they're clearly upset. Maybe they've fallen over or something's happened. Uh, with a friend or you know something else has happened where they're clearly upset and then they go to to do it that's a clear sign another sign often can be if it's always when they're maybe going off to sleep because that's often where oppression mechanisms will show up so again you know uh, i love about aware parenting is it's so much about observation so mm. it'd be really important to to have, have those have those mm. observation glasses on to be mm. really looking at yes and and i would love to reinforce again that we all have repression mechanisms that we use. It's not bad. It is not a bad thing. I mean, I'm sure yes. there's a lot of adults that masturbate when they don't, when exactly. they don't want to feel stuff. Exactly. Um, but uh, repression mechanisms, I think there's that element too of trusting that our children are doing what they're doing to, to protect themselves on some level or to, you know, keep themselves safe on some level from feeling other things. And so that I really do have that belief that they will move them when they're ready but sometimes they need extra help which is that connection or it's that listening to their feelings so just knowing it's not bad if that's what your child's doing yes. we're just observing and saying oh i can see there's something else going on so absolutely setting some boundaries around it which may be telling that's something you need to do in private in your room um or it's just make sure you wash your hands when you've done that or you know and and again checking where you sit in your own self personally around it but then just observing when it does happen and what's going on for the child and what's going on for you as well when it happens so that curiosity piece you just said marion is beautiful yes. it just gives us all the clues doesn't it when we're yeah. curious about it yes so i'd love to again i'd love to um invite you if you're willing to 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 um even share a little bit more on the specifics of that so you know the thing is if you if we were saying to a child to go off into their own room when they were doing when they were masturbating and then they end up doing that a lot mm. and then of course we're thinking well maybe it is a repression mechanism by the other things we're observing what kinds of in terms of a bit of attachment play i mean or we could I mean, i'm sure you give specific suggestions or we could we could brainstorm together mm. you know things that that can be can invite connection and be funny and, and silly without mm. without them without it feeling in any way shaming do you have any mm. well i think i mean i think sometimes play with touch can be really beautiful like some just um you know whether it's um the child has a magic wand and they have to touch on a certain part of your body and that part has to shake or it has to move or something something that's a bit more about touch or control or those kind of things could happen i mean for me i think it's about getting them to connect and finding some play yes. around it and that you know just i often think that with that repression mechanisms is there's a there's a disassociation going on there's a disconnection so how do we bring that connection in and sometimes it's just following their lead of what that may look like 
Yeah. So it's specifically if they were, if they were masturbating and they were clearly, this is really a repression mechanism now. Would, mm. would one thing we could go in and say something like, um, uh, you know, let's <laughs> like offering a different game to play. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I see you doing that. And how about you want to come and chase me around the house and, yeah. you know, so we're offering connection, we're offering play yes. so that the, there's that, opportunity to feel connected and to actually perhaps release some of the feelings through laughter so we're offering some different way of of them connecting yes yes and you might find too um if your child starts to feel embarrassed for doing it or you can see an element then to play games where you're feeling embarrassed as the parent you know where they can embarrass you like oh my god don't do that i'm so embarrassed and sometimes that can happen with nudity you know sometimes if children have been exposed to pornography and they've seen stuff like that playing games where again it's it's delicate we need yes. to be mindful of it yes. but you know that can bring up a lot of embarrassment or shame for them so being able to play games where we're the ones that embarrassed you know and we joke about that <laughs> they'll often find that to be really funny no 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 don't don't say that to that person that's going to embarrass me or oh no no don't do that don't don't put that on my head i'm going to feel so embarrassed you know giving them the opportunity to laugh you yes. know, when we're being that can sometimes yes. can sometimes work well could it even could we even play embarrassment games around a part of our body that's really obvious, like our, you know, don't look at my mm-hmm. my eyebrows. No. Mm-hmm. And then put yes. our hands up. No, you don't look at my eyebrows. No, you can't see my eyebrows, can you? Mm-hmm. <gasps> no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's looking, you know, I mean, sexuality can be a really delicate topic and there's so many layers for a lot of people. And yes. again, we're really I have to be very mindful when we talk about this uh, around children. It is not okay to engage in any sexual acts with children. It is not okay to show them sexual acts like that. All that kind of stuff is really, you know, for children's safety. And and when I talk to teenagers, I'm like, our brains are not equipped to be watching violent sexual images like this. You know, it is when it comes to having sex, you know, I say to teenagers, they go, when am I ready to have sex? And I go, well, the way I look at it is that if you can look the person in the eye that you want to have sex with and ask them if they have contraception and then be able to tell them what it is that you like and you can do that then maybe you and and you have a full body yes that says yes all parts of me want to do this then maybe that is the right time to do it but it requires a bit of maturity to actually do it and if you don't feel like you can have those conversations then maybe not you're not ready yet so just, you know i just want to make a little joke now i think only maybe there'll be about five percent of the whole population of the world might be ready what do you think of adults <laughs> <It's not maybe. laughs> there's there's that element as well isn't it (laughs) I I mean look it is it's I I just I know for a lot of people sexuality is one of those things where there can be a lot of wounds and a lot of stories and it and it can be tricky to navigate and our children particularly you know just watching stuff like that can be hard I've worked with a lot of parents whose children have seen pornography and it's deeply deeply Mm. upset the parent and it's brought up lots of their own stories and working through that and then you know through those tween teen years as our children start to go through puberty watching them develop can also feel really confronting watching our children become sexual beings so tuning into our own stuff around that so it's it's a it's one that needs so much gentleness i know we always talk about gentleness but we need to be really gentle with ourselves and lots of compassion for ourselves as we navigate this in raising children and there's yes. a lot of nuances that go with it and and i think as always 
I just encourage people to tune into themselves and really see what is their story that's bringing up and work with that and then come back to what would this look like from a really centered anchor place? How do I then connect with my child around that? Yes. And that usually I think holds people well. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm. I'm also thinking another thing, given that I seem to be a little bit on the laughter theme at the moment, is just connecting with a, a friend and, you know, somewhere else, not being at home, but going out somewhere and 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 having having a laugh and talking about things like this, yes. maybe from our own experiences that we remember and, you know, what sex education was like for us and yes. having opportunities to laugh because laughter is such a key part of aware parenting, not only for children, but for adults. It releases the, the uncomfortableness, the embarrassment, yes. the, the yes. fear, all of those things. So us getting to, to yes. laugh. <laughs> with yes. other adult friends can be really so really important awesome. i find that every time i do this sex ed talk and i did one just a few days ago and there's about yes. i don't know 50, 60 70 people there or something and um i always start with jokes and these oh, really you, funny videos yeah because everybody <laughs> walks in a little bit nervous because they yes. don't know what they're going to yes. get and you know and then it, and then it lightens people up and they laugh a lot and then people are really willing to share about the different things and how things are awkward and it becomes yes. You know, some serious info we talk about, but it becomes really playful and funny, and and I think it allows people to relax. You're exactly right, because it can be something that's very heavy. So I love that. I love, it. and that I say that too about if you feel nervous about talking to your kids about body parts and puberty and all that kind of stuff, like stand in front of the mirror and say those words out loud until you start <laughs> laughing, or go and practice with your friends and all those kind of things. Because I agree with you totally, it can help us feel more comfortable. Yes. with it when we talk about it. and and you know i found that one of the best ways of with my teens as they grew is so much humor and laughter when we were talking about different elements yes. of sexuality and and not always but just that again made it quite light and made it something that was absolutely okay to talk about and yes. i've I found that that's been really beautiful as well so yeah it's it's yeah it's so, delicate it's really oh i just you know I, i've seen a lot of angst for a lot of parents on this topic and i'm like oh you're so not alone so. yes and you know it's it's you you're doing your children such a, an amazing service if you can look into your own story around it and then get some books open up these conversations and have ongoing conversations with your children you, you're going to just be opening up just such wonderful awareness for them around this topic yes mm. so amazing i'm just clearly in the laughter mode still because i'm also we i know we talked about this i think even in the last episode the netflix series sex education because oh, we were talking so about you, i was yeah. asking you do you watch and you're saying everyone was saying that's like you um <laughs> i found that really useful as well watching mm. that and and my daughter watching that and and her dad watching it. we watched it separately but then oh, we were having yeah. conversations like Excellent. about it yes. that was really helpful and, and just also yes. getting back into that world of what it's like to be a teenager yes. when a lot of the thoughts can be all around sexuality can't they and to get back into remembering mm. what that's like if, mm. if you're not so much in that mind frame at the moment Yes. And I love to just reassure parents, you know, if this is just a topic you're about to start with, is just know you don't have to know everything and that you can, whenever a question pops up, if you don't know it, you can say, excellent question, I'll get back to you. Or it's always good to clarify, why are you asking, what do you mean by that? Because sometimes what they're asking isn't, isn't what you're thinking. Yeah, not at all, yes. And, and one of the other big fears parents often have is, am I going to tell them too much? And what I say oh. to parents, 
parents is that, you know, children are so clever and they don't want to listen anymore. They just don't listen. (laughs) If you're talking and they're just gazing off, they're like, okay, that's enough. So keeping your answers short, answering the questions they ask you, you know, and offering would you like to know more or just seeing those teachable moments where you can open up conversations and get yourself some great books. You know, they can really be the bridge to help your kids learn and understand as well. So and lots of gentleness with yourself around it for sure. Mm. Yes. Mm. And Lael does, you have amazing work on this. You do sessions, you run workshops, you have a um, webcast. Yeah, I have a webinar. A webinar. Yes, I have a webinar on talking to kids about sex. So all the things I've talked about. So that's a beautiful two-hour webinar that, that covers all the stuff with lots of great resources in it that you can access as well to help you. And then I've got one for tweens and teens, which goes a bit more into the sexuality years for them as well. Um, and what we will do is put a link to some great resources of um, of around safety protection for kids you know some great online courses brilliant um, website called culturereframe.org which is around pornography so brilliant it's a free resource from the uk i send all my parents there and it's about how you have conversations around pornography with your children um there's a course that you can do with your teens together it's a really great resource there's so many great resources out there amaze.org is another great website lots of beautiful animations that you could watch with your tween or even your younger kids on just puberty and bodies and they've got a section for parents also there's heaps and heaps of great stuff as you know i'm in melbourne so there's some great educators here in melbourne if anybody's in melbourne and they want someone to come to their high school or their primary school you know my colleague margie from hush education does stuff so there's really great um people out there doing really amazing work around this so there's lots of support for parents if you need it so amazing thank mm-hmm. you lael i so appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah such vitally important work Mm -hmm. isn't it and and you know me my passion about yeses and nos but really as you're talking about to have to help our young people to go out into the world and to be able to freely say no but also to freely say yes and I think that's what you bring in a way that's you know not so often talked about Mm. that I hear anyway so thank you you're amazing (laughs) and I think to finish off because we'd love to invite an invitation for something for me my invitation for parents would be to just tune into what those imprints were for you around sexuality and where that's still sitting in your body and where it where that is for you and what you might feel you need to shift to be able then to be as clear as possible to start these conversations with your kids that would be my invitation what about you Mm, and mine is clearly around the humor so if you feel some (laughs) discomfort or uncomfortableness because i relate more to that (laughs) so (laughs) they're going to chat with a friend have a laugh yes you haven't watched sex education it's quite graphic but (laughs) really um you know to to find ways of actually releasing that discomfort in in really safe and enjoyable ways so that there's yeah there's, there's more comfortableness to to talk about it with our lovelies yeah beautiful beautiful thank you all for joining us on um this podcast we invite you again to rate us and share it and like it and all the good stuff so you know more and more people can hear about it and we also love getting requests so we've got a few pipeline of people wanting to us to talk about things but if you do have something you really like us to talk about it please you can comment on our instagram or facebook and um, let us know Mm. thank you so much for listening and um yeah sending you so much love we'll see you next time bye 
Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.